Take a look behind the curtain with a real whistleblower and American patriot. Prepare to embrace the uncomfortable truth because this program has no time for comforting lies. Here is civil liberties enthusiast, Second Amendment defender, and recovering FBI agent, Kyle Serafin. Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the Kyle Serafin Show. Today is Monday. It is February the 19th, and I guess it's a federal holiday, but we don't need no stinking federal holidays here. We all work for a living, do we not? Uh, unless you're fed, in which case, uh, thanks for joining us on your day off, and we really appreciate you guys being here. Make sure you support the show. Make sure you've hit like. Make sure you've subscribed if you're so interested. You can definitely do that. Try to get that uh, federal dollar to support the Kyle Serafin Show. You guys can join us live on rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin. If you haven't done so already, that's where the live chat is. That's where you all are already speculating about President's Day and about a bunch of other things. Today, we're going to be talking about a potential boycott in the city of New York. America's Gotham City might need not the League of Shadows to bring it to its knees, it seems like it needs blue-collar and no-collar workers like American truckers to remind them that Americans don't like what they've done with our culture. And since New York tends to be sort of a, a pillar, it's, a, it's an icon of what America looks like to the rest of the world. Yeah, maybe we have to bring them to heel. I've got some historical perspective. And I'm not only talking about encouraging the truckers because of what they did to or what the the uh, the judges have done to former President Trump. There's more to it. And some of you guys probably don't know the story yet. We're going to talk about St. Patrick's Cathedral. And literally, I would say, strike me down with lightning style blasphemy that happened uh, on Friday. Some of the ugliest things that I've ever seen, like get you on Team Meteor, take out the entire city because if it's full of that is it redeemable and kind of the idea that maybe we might owe Sodom and Gomorrah an apology if we don't see real consequences so uh, we're going to get into all of that in just a second here first I want to say thanks to my uh, my underwriting sponsor of the podcast and they are the ones that allow us to keep the lights on here if there was nobody else Catholic Vote has keeping us in our corner so make sure you guys are supporting them you can go to catholicvote.org we're going to actually talk about why, one, you don't have to be Catholic to see what's going on right now, whether it be the FBI going after the Catholic Church or whether it be people in New York City, trans activists, and so on. Why why the Catholic Church is so important, whether you're Catholic or not. And uh, you don't have to be Catholic to get their great email, which is called The Loop. They're actually going to cover uh, a whole bunch of the same topics today. And in fact, one that uh, I'm not going to cover, which you guys will be probably quite interested in, San Francisco appointing a non-citizen to the election committee. Uh, they placed an illegal immigrant named Kelly Wong on the city's election commission last week. You guys might want to check that out uh, on a, a very substantial vote to put a non-U.S. citizen in charge of their elections. Why not? This seems like a, a classic sort of style. doesn't matter whether it's San Francisco or New York. The cities are letting us down. Catholic Vote is on it, and they are covering it. You can go to The Loop. Just go to catholicvote.org and add The Loop by putting your email in there and get that every morning like I do. Uh, This morning's was extra early, by the way. It was like 4.53 a.m. Central Time. So encourage you guys to get that that support. Some of you uh, realize this. I I posted a thing on Twitter of the studio. We'll call it a studio, but let's be real. This is just an, an extra bedroom in the house that we rented. There's nothing fancy about this. Anybody could have this sort of setup. But um the reason that I have it is because I continue to try to make this show better for you. This is literally, uh, you guys are sustaining our family because of your interest. And so I feel like it's my obligation to continue to, to eke forward. And anyway, we posted a picture of it. And some of you guys realize that there's some things going on in the background of this set, this little, uh, 
this this little podcast set that is somewhat interesting. There's some over my shoulder. There's one, some on both sides. So uh, I'll, I'll start fielding answers. You guys can go to kyleserafin.com. There's a contact me button on there if you want to reach out and ask questions or if you want to speculate on what the connection is between some of the things happening in the back here. And uh, some of the stuff on the lower end, it comes from Refactor Tactical, which is a funny company that makes some cool gear. But they also made this whole series called the Operator Art Pack. I've got some additional ones over on the wall over there that might be interesting to you. Some of you guys are like, oh, that's a really interesting version of Starry Night because there's an AC-130 gunship circling and uh, dropping rounds onto some village in some poor, you know, some poor sap country. In any case, um, yeah, I, I hid some Easter eggs back there just for your amusement. It's for my amusement as well. I, I appreciate it uh, that you guys might find it funny, and I think you will. I want to get into the topics right now. I want to get into the ugliness that is going on. I want to start with a video that I saw, which is quite unsettling to me. And it's President's Day. I'm fairly confident that our presidents in this country historically would have been nauseated that we have reached this point. There's a, a meme that runs around that says uh, it's George Washington. He said, my homies and I would be stacking bodies by right now. And, uh, and there's something to be said about that concept. This is one of them. And I think there's a big link between the pedophilia and the try to normalization of unusual sexual practices, let's call it. Let's start with this video and we're going to dig deep into what would happen on, uh, on Friday in New York City and why it matters. Most of us feel discomfort when we think about pedophiles. But just like pedophiles, we are not responsible for our feelings. We do not choose them. But we are responsible for our actions. And we must make a decision. It is in our responsibility to reflect and to overcome our negative feelings about pedophiles and to treat them with the same respect we treat other people with. We should accept that pedophiles are people who have not chosen their sexuality and who, unlike most of us, will never be able to live it out freely if they want to lead an upright life. We should accept that pedophilia is a sexual preference. Statistics indicate that there will be one or two of you who are struggling with some form of pedophilic interest. These people can't talk about their feelings because they know that they will be hated for it. I truly do believe that every person is longing for love at some point in their life. And what if this love that you really wish for will forever be impossible? That must be a really lonely situation to be in. Yes. From an emotional point of view, I can kind of understand that you want to, would want to eliminate these people from society. However, it doesn't make sense. And that's because we're talking about biology. We're talking about a sexual orientation. Something that we simply cannot change. And on top of that, every day new people are born with the same difficulty. So it's not practical to eliminate these people from society. They haven't done anything wrong. Just take a little second to digest what we just heard there. Those were two white women, educated scholars. They're interested in pedophilia for some reason. That's the thing that they study. And it's a sexual orientation is the claim. And then they went further. The second speaker, there were two different speakers. You probably could tell by the voices if you're listening on the audio. The... The second speaker said that it's biology. 
It's a sexual orientation and it's hardwired into biology. Now, I don't know if they have any sort of stats to back this up or if they've done a genomic map to be able to determine this. But my, my, my guess is not because most people are not raising their hand and saying, hey, why don't you test my genome? Um, I, I like kids. And, uh, and some of the response to this is that I'm going to have Alex Rosen join the show at some point. Not today. Sometime in the next couple of weeks. We'll have Alex on. And uh, Alex Rosen runs the Twitter account, I Fight for Kids. He's a really young guy. He's in his early 20s. Uh, even though he looks like he's in his 50s. And he hunts pedophiles online. And he talks to them. And he gets them to admit what they're about and that they have hurt children, and that they're trading in child pornography. And many of them go to jail because of the work that he does. And I guess there's been a Twitter space that was done with his crew working live and Mark Naughton covered that. Mark's been actually invited to go back and do live coverage, both video and audio, so we can go do that. And we'll, we intend to do that. And there's a reason why. Because normalization of something this, this ugly and evil is a, a strong, strong push to the hard left. And it's my belief that, uh, like I said, if we allow this kind of stuff to continue, then I don't know whether it's Americans or whether it's God that owes Sodom and Gomorrah an apology because the things that are happening today and the things that are the arguments that are made in favor of evil, like actual evil going after children. And yes, I am watching the the, the chat and I'm seeing all of you guys making the wood chipper references. Um, it's horrific and it triggers all of the worst instincts we have. Did you hear what the woman said? She said, your, your emotional reaction might be to get rid of them from society. But our brain should tell us no. There's a reason why God gave us all the things that we have. And one of them is the gift of fear. One of them is the instinct that we have of what a predatory group of people are. And that our instinct in Western civilization is to protect women and children. Why? Because children are the physical future and women represent the way that we bring about the future and protect them. That's what Western society is built on, whether you like it or not. Education, future-mindedness, the ability to make crops, all, you know, grow things and preserve things. Why? It's all because in the future, we want to have more. Otherwise, we would just all, you know, party and die, and it wouldn't matter. You wouldn't care what happens next. But there's a, there's a fundamental disconnect between people who are willing to attack that most innocent thing. I saw a great meme. It was a, it was a Terminator robot, and it's hunting some girl who's hiding underneath a desk. You know, the, the T-1000 looking thing. I guess it's the T-800. It's the all-metal version. And it's got the rifle and it's like going, you know, cubicle to cubicle with the poor girl hiding. And it said, uh, gender ideology, queer theory is the Terminator and childhood innocence is trying to hide from it. It is our responsibility as Western people, whether you're Christian or not, to defend children. doesn't even matter if you're a parent, but if you're a parent, you know exactly what I'm talking about. We can't tolerate that kind of nonsense. We need to have them speak though. We totally need that. I want those people out there speaking in the same way that I want Nazis to march on the streets like that blood tribe did uh, down in Tennessee and everybody calls them fed. No, there's there's some really dumb people. There's some really awful bad people in this world. I would rather them exposed than not. It's the brilliance of the freedom of speech because when somebody is allowed to air their horrific ideas, we can disinfect them in real time. It's critical that we do that. It's so important. Um, I'm going to share with you guys a little story. Like I said, we're going to get here. This is our first topic of the day. I didn't mean to come into it slowly, but this is why I think it's about an attack on the Catholic Church is an attack on all Christianity, particularly in the United States. So this is a poem that many of you are familiar with. It's called They Came For. 
or first they came for. And it was, it's, it's on the wall at the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum. And I want you to consider this as we work through. It says, first they came for the socialists, but I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists. And I didn't speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews and I didn't speak out because I was not a Jew. And then they came for me and there was no one left to speak for me. But my belief is, and this is the reason why I originally kind of pushed forward the, uh, the Catholic document that came out of the Richmond field office that the FBI wrote, is that there's a targeting both in the, uh, in the secular way and in the law enforcement way to come after the single largest one denomination of Christianity in the United States. And you may not be Catholic because Catholics are the largest of a minority. It turns out, apparently Christians are now a majority, but like any individual denomination does not constitute a majority of Christians. But the single largest version is the Catholic Church. And that's why we had this happen according to the Daily Signal on Friday. What you're seeing on the screen right now is an article uh, written by Mary Margaret Olihan, who is an outstanding reporter for them and covers a lot of this type of things. What you're seeing is a man with fake breasts wearing a black spaghetti strap dress, I guess, and gaudy makeup, this sort of woman face, disgustingness. And uh, it's an incredibly low cut, revealing dress of a man with fake breasts. And the, the article is entitled, Mother of All Whores, a transgender activist holds an irreverent funeral for an atheist prostitute at St. Patrick's Cathedral. I want you to just digest the words in the title alone. They refer to her as the mother of all whores. I'll play you that clip in a second because it has to be seen. But a transgender activist group were able to book St. Patrick's Cathedral, in many ways considered sort of the America's church for the, for the Catholic church. In fact, when you go to Wikipedia and you find the piece about American Catholicism, what you find is a picture of, of St. Patrick's Cathedral in Midtown Manhattan. Okay? An atheist prostitute, a transgender atheist prostitute was celebrated, and they conned the people at the church into celebrating this, this funeral. When I say, like, strike me down with lightning-level blasphemy, I don't think it gets any deeper than this. Transgender activists mocked Catholic saints and repeatedly celebrated whores, quote-unquote whores, during a funeral Thursday for a transgender-identifying prostitute and self-professed atheist who went by the name Cecilia Gentili. The Archdiocese of New York did not immediately respond for, for requests for comment from the Daily Signal as to why St. Catherine's Cathedral hosted the funeral an event with no likely precedent in Catholic history. The New York Times described it. The cathedral referred the uh, Daily Signal, the reporters, to the archdiocese. After publication, the archdiocese released a statement condemning the funeral and announcing that the priests had performed a mass of reparations. Uh, in fact, there you have, there's a little story that we'll cover on in just a second, but let's continue with this one. That St. Patrick's Cathedral would host the funeral for a high-profile transgender activist who was well-known for her, but they, they mean him, his, advocacy on behalf of sex workers, transgender people, and people living with HIV might come as a surprise to some. It only happened because it was a con job. And we have some evidence of that as well. This is the, the aggressive push that's happening. We are in a spiritual war, and this is the spiritual aspect of it. There's also a secular aspect of it as well, and a capture of the government. But if you think this doesn't have to do with you because you may not be Catholic... It's pretty, it's pretty important 
to consider just how disgusting and ugly this stuff is. I want to start with the actual funeral mass. I'll show a little bit of it, and then um, I'm going to try to skip into it. The priest, he's surprised by the turnout, and that's what I want you to hear. And then I'm going to play some of the things that happened after he did this introduction, bringing them uh, in a call for prayer, and then we'll see a little bit of the footage as they planned this sort of thing. So let's start with the, uh, the mass itself. Well, welcome to St. Patrick's Cathedral. Except on Easter Sunday, we don't really have a crowd that this that is this well turned out, you know? So what you're seeing in there is uh, somebody came up and said, look, we're, we're looking for a funeral service, no mass. They're actually trying to straighten out the priest. What you see there are a bunch of transgender activists and a bunch of, I don't know, whatever the hell these people are. They're wearing fishnets. They're dressed inappropriately. They have colored hair. They are gaudy. And they are standing, doing a standing ovation for themselves to celebrate sort of their infiltration of this Catholic church and being able to step into an absolutely shockingly beautiful place which St. Patrick says, I actually, I'd like to go there. I haven't been. But you can tell just from that video footage, what a gorgeous building, a physical building it is. And there's a reason why people historically built gorgeous buildings to celebrate and experience the divine. It's because when you walk into the highest level of human craftsmanship, you also get to experience that sort of spark of divinity that the creators had to make such a thing. And these people are, they are invading it and they are bringing just a, a, a hideous, a hideousness, sort of the evil underbelly. And it was all based on a lie because you know that the, nobody would have approved this sort of, uh, this program. I actually typed in just for fun. I typed in father of lies to see what would come out of Google. And even Google recognizes that the father of lies is Satan. It's the devil. And, and is it's, st- it's said right there in the, in the Google search result. They're, they're not real crazy about it, by the way. They didn't, they didn't have any like links to anything, but <laughs> it did actually have like a little piece that came out of a Wikipedia, uh, disambiguous father of lies equals the devil. Uh, this is, this is what was said. This is at least a piece of it. The mother of horrors quote that you heard in the daily signal. I'm going to play you that video as well. And then, like I said, I'm going to play you a little bit of a planning thing. Let you know that this was based on a lie and they were able to sneak this in. They got this one passed, um, because the purpose was to degrade that gorgeous sanctuary. Amor, igualdad y los mismos derechos y una vida digna. This whore. This great whore. Saint Cecilia. Mother of all whores. So there you have... Uh, two men, one dressed as a woman, it looks like, uh, the other with earrings and a, some sort of sleeveless vest and a, and a hat, which is inappropriate in that setting. And it's like a fedora looking hat. Um, and calling a man by a female name and, and calling this man a whore and to the cheers of the crowd. There's a picture that they made with a halo, like a saint, 
uh, and some of the iconography that you would normally see, Western iconography. So you have all of the trappings. Uh, it's all blasphemous. But here's the really sad thing. And let's just consider this because I think there's there's a there's a case for pity for these people. They're acting out like toddlers. Consider this. The ugliest thing is that person died living what sounds like a horrific life that I wouldn't wish on anybody. A prostitute who was confused about his own body and mutilated himself to look like this, right? Paint on the face, surgeries to change physical appearance, and then debasing his body. God knows what, who's interested in this thing, but New York has everything, I guess. And all of those things. And then the last sort of gathering where people are going to talk about this man's life, referred to as a whore and celebrated basically to the jeers. I would call those words, that, that, that attitude is jeering. It's not cheering because they used as a tool to try to debase something beautiful. And that's, that's the last celebration of that man's life. How sad is that, that you're willing to use people's deaths? I know that the political left is more than happy to do this on, on a regular basis for a lot of people, but sad for the family, sad for the people that participated. Every single one of them is worse because of that, because of what they did, because their participation in it. And as I said, it was based on a lie. It was based on a con job that happened. And here is the plan of this. The audio is not great. The end of it, you'll be able to hear quite clearly. So uh, bear with me on this. But the audio is, this is a, um, this is the meeting where they were discussing people and rallying up people to go and, and attend this funeral. We'll be able to hear your messages that the Spirit will be able to absorb this day. And you'll be able to share this. St. Patrick's Cathedral is not having it. Here's a little secret law. They still don't know she's trans. So that's a man in drag who's giving that. Uh, looks like a black man wearing a dress, standing up with a microphone. And he said, here's the secret, y'all. Uh, because they said, you're going to be able to celebrate this day at St. Patrick's Cathedral. That's when you heard the first laughs. And the second piece was, um, they still don't know this, y'all, that, that she, meaning he, was trans. That's, that's them, the people planning this, this uh, sort of debasement of themselves. Because at the end of it, the church is no worse off physically. And the priest is no worse off as a human being, especially if he was if he was duped. People get duped all the time into things. The people that chose to do this action, really evil and really sad. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, Catholic News Agency, CNA, is actually reporting that they did a massive operation to try to basically absolve themselves of the scandalous nature of that funeral. Again, you're not going to hurt the physical building. The physical building will continue to be there, the sanctuary itself, even with with moments of evil. People who do evil things come into churches all the time. That's actually why we have them. It's our chance to try to commune with God and try to seek some forgiveness and, and look for spiritual guidance. Um, but quite interesting that they were able to do this thing. This was someone who, as they said, lobbied for gender identity and protected class, tried to protect sex workers and was a major fundraiser for transgender causes. It's a man who identified as a woman. Uh, the priest that you saw in the first video was a man named Father Edward Darity. Looks like he had no idea. And uh, the pastor, whose name is Enrique Salvo, uh, said in a statement that it was an out, it was that the uh, the church there in New York and the Diocese of New York were outraged over the scandalous behavior at a funeral. 
That's why they offered the mass reparations in order to re-sanctify. Um, really sad because it's it's happening on purpose during this time. It's happening during Lent, which is a time of preparation. It's a time of people reflecting on what is wrong in their lives and trying to do better. If, you, if you're a Catholic, you know that you're always trying to give things up. We just had Mark Wahlberg go on national television and talk about how he starts every single day on his knees. This is what this, this season is about. Why? Because you're trying to prepare yourself and sanctify yourself for the coming of your Savior if you're a Christian. And to be able to look at that and not just say, I'm not going to participate, because that's historically how people dealt with this. Not everybody is religious. I understand that. I, I, just because I think you should be, I think you'll be happier. I think that I'm happier, but it doesn't mean that I'm going to go out there and tell you how to live. What I will say is that if you look at people and your instinct is not just to abstain and to say, thank you, not for me, which I can accept. Not today, not this time. All right, so be it. If you were going to openly mock and jeer what is going on, there's an evil in that. And it's your evil. It turns out it's the evil of the undertaker. It's not, you're not putting it on people who believe. All of you of faith are not going to be hurt by their actions. They're hurting themselves. So we pity them. I think we should pray for them. Um, and it's a real sad thing. I'm going to do a sponsor read and we're going to get into the Trump stuff because I think all these things are related. They're all happening in the same place. Uh, like I said, a secular and a spiritual aspect to all of this. Um, before we do, just my friends over at Patriot Coolers, guys, good company, good people, people that are definitely on our side when it comes to this sort of thing. This is their boxing. I really love their boxing. I, just, I kept the box specifically because I love how it looks. Built to perform, patriotcoolers.com. Again, patriotcoolers.com. You can get your own. This is the uh, one that my 16-ounce mug came in, the blue one. It's just a good-looking box. All their stuff comes in. It's really well-packaged. It's a great presentation, and it's a good product. So that's really easy. It's affordably priced, or it's regularly priced compared to the rest of the market. Again, patriotcoolers.com. Use the promo code KYLE. Saves you 10%. That's a good thing to do, too. It lets them know that we sent you over. And um, you can use their products all the time. You can use their their tumblers on a daily basis. Let's see. I've actually got one in the room. Hold on. I'll reach over here. This is what I'm keeping because today is my Monday and I got to do a lot of work. So I'll keep the 64-ounce the 64 ounce jug of water. If you guys are in the market for water, for a uh, for a hot or cold tumbler, or for a actual hard cooler, or a soft cooler, something like a new lunchbox, check out patriotcoolers.com. Again, patriotcoolers.com, promo code KYLE, K-Y-L-E. You'll get free shipping if you spend more than 50 bucks. And um, we really appreciate them as sponsors. They're not involved in any of this sort of debauchery, this sort of chaos, this evil. Um, and as I said, in addition to the, the spiritual aspect of it, which is trying to desanctify a beautiful place, we also have this sort of disgusting ruling that went down against President Trump. Um, I, I, before I did, I actually promised you that I would show you the statistics. I just did this quick research for you. So it's interesting. This is a map coming out of Wikipedia's uh, breakdown of where religious dominations or denominations rather are most are most prevalent, and it's in the Northeast, specifically near where St. Patrick's Cathedral is, where this group is, that they've decided to target. But the biggest piece was the first paragraph of the little breakdown of Christianity in the United States, which is its own Wikipedia article. It said all of the Protestant denominations account for 48.5% of the population. So nearly one in two people are in fact uh, Protestant, and 63% of people in this country, still the majority, still like a almost super majority, are Christian, 210 million is the claim number. It's probably actually higher than that. Well, what they said is that the, the single biggest denomination, because you can break down Protestants into, and they break them down by Baptist and non-denominational and Methodist and Pentecostal and Lutheran and so on and, and Anglican and all the other things. Um, so they break those all down. But when you look at the single block of Roman Catholics, it's 21% of the overall population 
70 million, give or take, as, as discussed. That's why it's the single biggest piece. And there's another, they quote multiple stats in here. They also say it's 22.7% of the total population. So I don't know which one of those is correct. At the end of the day, uh, almost one in four people in this country are Catholics, which is a large minority. Okay, hear me, hear me right. It's a large minority, whether you like those numbers, and I've seen the same numbers of 70 million or so from Catholic votes, so I'm, I'm fairly comfortable with it. They're pushing this group because it's the single biggest enemy to take down. Just like if you were gonna try to fight a bully, you'd wanna fight the biggest person first, let them know, and then everybody smaller maybe cows down. And the same reason why I think that the, the Martin Niemöller piece, they came for. If they came for the Catholics and, and you said it wasn't me, and you didn't stand up for this, they're not attacking Catholicism specifically by going to St. Patrick's Cathedral. They're trying to attack Christianity in general. And that's all of our problems. That's 63% of America's problem. That's why this is so um, disgusting and ugly. And that's why I think we should we should be interested in it. Um, let's do let's do the story about the judge who just did a ruling against Trump and where we're going with that. The uh, it's <laughs> I don't know if you I don't know what else you would call this. This is coming from from political. Uh, sorry, this is Newsweek that I'm showing on the screen right now. Newsweek going back to December end of last year said that the uh, this judge Angeron tears Donald Trump to shreds. That's how I like to see unbiased reporting. I bet you guys feel the same way about it. It feels really good to know that our news media is not taking a side by calling him uh, being torn to shreds. Is that, does that even have any inkling that we're talking about something that makes any sense? NBC covering the most recent story from the same judge. Judge finds Donald Trump more than 350, it's like $354.5 million, bars him from running businesses in New York for three years, which would basically cripple the uh, the Trump enterprise that's out there. The state AG says that when factoring in the pre-judgment interest, the amount will actually exceed $450 million, $100 million in interest on this money since it's going through appeals. And uh, of course, he said he was going to appeal it on Friday night. So the judge who presided over a civil business fraud trial, of which there doesn't appear to be any victims, they're made up victims, I don't even know who has standing to do this, and a, and a basically sua sponte sort of uh, operation by Letitia James, the attorney general, they brought this and said that the pre-judgment interest is going to be $450 million, an amount which will increase every single day until the judgment is paid. Trump is facing accountability for his lying, his cheating, and staggering fraud. No matter how big, no matter how rich or powerful you are, no one is above the law, is her claim. It's a tremendous victory for the state and this nation and everyone who believes that we all must play by the same rules, even former presidents. And yet, and yet what we saw is an FBI and, and DOJ indictment of somebody who's alleged that the, the Bidens were engaged in fraud. And we were seeing the exact opposite. We're seeing the exact opposite of fairness and everybody playing by the same rules. We know they're not the same rules because this has never happened before. And the fear is palpable. They're continuing to attack this man. And now, if you remember, I actually said this very early on when they went and, uh, and, and did the search warrant at Miralago. After that, I go on, I talked to Dan Bongino, and I said, if they indict this guy, I you can pretty much guarantee that he's going to be the nominee for the Republican side. I think that's true. And there's a really real chance that that actually goads the American people into voting for him. There are some people that will cry about 91 felony counts and say, I saw somebody on Twitter saying something like, you know, 81 years old is better than 91 felony counts. And it's like, okay, talking point. But how about this idea? America loves the underdog. 
and they love seeing the person who's getting screwed get back. Um, I'm reminded of the movie Trading Spaces, Trading Places rather, Eddie Murphy movie, right? And he's a um, he's a homeless guy and he's a con artist and so on, but he's real sharp because he's Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy. And, uh, and so he gets these two rich kind of scummy elite white guys that come in and offer him money and give him a job. And they basically put this other guy out of business. who's Dan Aykroyd. And then Dan Aykroyd's out of business and he gets screwed. And now he's penniless. And now he's living on the street. So they made they basically put him in Eddie Murphy's old spot. And who's the hero? Is it Eddie Murphy? No. It's both of them together, getting together and saying, we got screwed by an evil system, a bunch of you know, evil, rich people that are playing by different sets of rules because we want to see fairness. We actually believe in fundamental fairness. It's kind of an American idea. And what do they do? They go back and they get those guys and they make them penniless. penniless. They destroy them. That's what has to happen. That's the way that Americans want to see justice. We want to see things. We want to see the arc swing back into the middle of fairness. And it reminded me, I had a, a really nice conversation at my doorway yesterday and I, I told some folks in a Twitter, Twitter space last night, you know, I had a, a knock on the door and it was just people that were just evangelizing. And they're wearing polo shirts and they're complete strangers. And I stepped outside and talked to them for a few minutes and they said, you know, we'd like to offer you, um, you know, we'd like to offer you a chance to come to our church. And I said, thanks so much, but we're Catholic. We're going to be going to ours. And they said, well, we'd love to pray with you and for you. And I said, oh, I'll, I'll always accept prayers. And if you guys are wondering, we, we will always accept prayers here at the Seraphim House. And so they prayed for us uh, right there in, in our little doorway. And it was a really nice moment. We had a nice conversation because America does fundamentally exist in the middle. It exists in the middle. 80% of our neighbors, even the, the if only 63% are Christian, I would guarantee you that another 10% on either side of the political aisle also still, that 80% is still the strongest single group of people. But a lot of people are willing to tolerate and listen to those loony scholars because they've mistaken kindness for weakness and meekness for weakness. There's a lot of people that are willing to be swayed because they don't want to be uncomfortable socially. It is now time for us to be uncomfortable it's time. There's no other way around it. We've reached that point. We've reached the point where it has to be done, where now you must stand firmly even when you would normally have the instinct of not doing it. Your normal instinct might be to be friendly and to be neighborly. And it's no business of mine. It's now business of yours. Why? Because they're taking, they're asking for over a quarter of a billion dollars from a man with no victims because the state of New York is flexing its political will and power against someone who's running for president that scares them. And as I said, an imperfect vessel to be sure. But God constantly works through imperfect vessels. That's been the sort of the entire story of human history. You don't have to be perfect. And oftentimes, the, the least obvious thing, there's, there's many parables about this, but the least obvious person to solve the problem is in fact the one that God works through to teach or to tell us something important. Does that mean that uh, Donald Trump is anointed by God? I don't think so. But he is the guy that we have running in this race right now. And so the upside is, is that, as I said, Americans, like the regular everyday Joes, and there's nothing more regular and everyday than the people that continue to make this country work. Um, I used to have this joke about uh, the silliness of, of like leftists who are highly academic and have no mechanical knowledge. The number of people that have no, like, I don't want to pick on lawyers specifically, but if you're a lawyer and you don't know how to do anything on your own car and you don't know how to change your oil and you don't mow your own grass, like, what do you know? Uh, it's the reason why I think Thomas Massey is an interesting character. I didn't realize this, but he was actually on, on Junkyard Wars, which who knew? Anyway, he's an engineer. He knows how things work. 
And he physically has translated that into reality. My father and I were talking about it the other day and he's like, oh yeah. He's like, yeah, uh, Kyle used to always take stuff apart and then put them back together. Usually it worked. That's how you learn how to do stuff. If you don't know how to do any of those hard skills, if you don't deliver things that make the world work, if you are not plumbing and, and doing electrical work and building physical structures that make our society possible, like you have value, no doubt about it as a human being. But what I'm getting at is if you don't appreciate that there are an awful lot of people in physical trades and doing grunt work, like hauling off trash, you're going to get humbled really quickly. And by people who don't have any interest in humbling you, except when you decided to be completely unfair and working against that, that idea that America should be a fair place where you can get ahead. And these truckers that are now coming out and saying that they're going to push against it. I, I mean, I, I absolutely love this. New York needs to be humbled. You now have uh, trans prostitute atheists getting hijacking um, the the apparatus to do a a prayer service simply to debase the church that it's in, and I don't think Americans will stand for it. This is coming from the New York Post. Trump loving truckers refuse to drive to New York City after this three hundred and fifty five million dollar fraud case. There are CEOs coming out even this morning that are saying that they are one hundred percent behind this. Trump supporting truckers saying they're refusing to drive after the former president was slapped with a $355 million fine in his fraud case last week. Uh, a conservative social media influencer and trucker who goes by Chicago Ray posted a video clip in which he claimed that some of his colleagues are going to stop making deliveries to New York City in protest of the ruling. I've been uh, talking on the radio to truckers for the past hour. I've talked to about 10 drivers. They're all going to start refusing loads to New York City starting Monday. He's already spoken to other uh, drivers who have told their bosses that they won't go to the Big Apple. Here's the facts. There may be a lot of truckers that are willing to cross it. I think there's a far less. I think there are far less people that want to go and deal with this. It's already a pain in the ass to drive in New York City. He said, I don't know how far across the country uh, this or how many truckers will start denying loads going to New York City, but I can tell you, F around and fight out. This is what this guy Ray said. There are plenty more that I've seen on social media already. Is this the vast majority? No. But his claim said that 95% of truckers support the former president been viewed almost 5 million times, 50,000 likes on Friday, blah, 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 so be it. Um, the whole point is, is that people can't stand alone and blue collar people look at what's going on and no collar people, I, I kind of am a no collar type person. If you, like, truckers tend to be a pretty conservative bunch. They buy into something, they're like, look, even if you don't have, like, like trucking is a skill set and it's, it's a force of will and it may be, like, there are an awful lot of men that need to do it. Because if we don't have truckers driving our goods, basically you can look around your house and almost everything you have in it, everything that you eat, everything that you use on a daily basis came on a truck. Even if you have a vehicle, the vehicle you got in came on a truck. If it wasn't produced right in your hometown, which is almost everything, and you're going to go and tell these people that uh, the one that they represent, that, that they don't even get to vote for him because he's going to be in jail, it's a fundamentally unfair ugliness. There's a big difference between doing a convoy down to a border, a big national boundary that's, you know, 1,200 or 1,400 miles long and saying that we are no longer going to deliver to a city that has proven that they don't believe in rule of law, that they basically subjugated what we believe is fair process and we're not going to, we're not going to be part of it. And there's, there's pretty good instance. This has happened before. I want to show you some of that in just a second. First, I want to say thanks to my buddies over at uh, Contingency Medical. If things get bad and people stop delivering, this might be a good time to get yourself squared away with uh, our friends over at Contingency Medical. You guys, go to contingencymedical.com. Use the promo code Kyle at checkout. Get yourself one of those very helpful, like you see, antibiotic field guides, which you're seeing on the screen. And uh, the other piece you get is one of these. This is a little 
this medical pack, which is your pharmacy in your pocket. They're real prescriptions from a real doctor that you really send your medical history into, just like doing any other telehealth. You can pay for it with your HSA or your flex uh, spending account up front. So if you're already pulling money out of a paycheck for medical costs, this can make sure that you have it with you whenever you go. I was just talking to one of my buddies who does uh, tactical training all over the country. And he was like, I always roll with whatever I can. I didn't know that there was an easier way. He said, concierge medical is the way to go. This is concierge medical in which you can take back the things that you may not trust out of the uh, the pharmaceutical establishment and you may not trust out of the medical healthcare industry because they've all debased themselves in the same way in the last couple of years. These are the doctor where you get to take the control back into your pocket. And most importantly is you're not waiting on them to divvy them out. You have them in your pocket if you need them and you have the guide on how to use it and you have access to telehealth for the year after you buy it. It's like 300 bucks. It's, it's one of the best $300 you could spend. You can get one for you and a spouse and any of your adult children or anything like that. Like it's a great gift. You can buy them a, um, a passport, but they go in and put in their own medical history. Each one of you get a chance to do this. Um, um, I just think this is the way of the future in so many ways because we're going to move past needing other people trusting the experts because the experts are behind this trans movement. The experts are finding a Donald Trump Jr. I'm saying, sorry, a Donald Trump with uh, with $355 million and trying to bankrupt the man because they are using the systems against us. This is a good way to fight back. Again, contingencymedical.com, promo code Kyle. Uh, let's let's keep pushing into this. I, I brought, brought up this uh, thing. I, I know that there are some pretty interesting histories in New York of being brought to its knees. Like the, um, America's biggest city exists on this very, very delicate balance. It's so, so light and it's so easy to tip over. This is a picture that I found in the, in the vault from the uh, local ABC7 station. New Yorkers make a stink about the 1981 garbage strike. That's 42 years ago, people. Well, it's about 41 and change years ago. This was in December of, of uh, 1981. This is just before I was born. There was a 16-day garbage strike that brought the city to its knees. And anybody who's ever lived through a garbage strike in New York City apparently remembers it forever because I've talked to New Yorkers and they have told me the exact same thing. They have told me that when the garbage strike happens, basically the roads become impassable in a little over a week. They stack things up. Now, that's because New York consumes an incredible amount of things. There's a huge population of people. And they're always outputting uh, trash. Imagine if every single household, you know, is generating the amount of trash that you are. I, I fill up an entire garbage bin, like one of those huge 50, you know, 50 gallon, whatever uh, garbage cans every week, easily. Like how much more when you, you're talking about a population of 12 million and people are transient coming in and they're adding to that. Now imagine all of that stuff that's going in and that's being consumed on a regular basis, packaging and food and so on and so forth. Now imagine you don't do any of that. What percentage do you have to choke off of people bringing things into that city for it to basically starve itself into oblivion? I keep thinking of the scenes from Batman. I don't know why, but like Gotham and, and New York, they always are right there. And so you think of the Batman Begins where they talk about the League of Shadows trying to cleanse it and, uh, you know, Batman's fighting it. I mean, is Batman even the good guy in that movie? Like there's there's an argument to be made. The League of Shadows sort of cleansing New York with the fire that brings it to his knees. Pretty interesting. The second thing is you watch the one where there's a... It's uh, The Dark Knight Rises, I think it is, but that's the one with Bane and basically they chop off the uh, the bridges and they're like, yeah, we're not going to let anybody in. And the city kind of tears itself apart and it goes into just anarchy. It doesn't take much. It doesn't take much to shut down. I mean, how many days of food do you think that the city of New York has 
And what percentage would you have to choke off for things to get really frantic and watch prices double or triple? Because what they'll do is they'll drop it off in New Jersey. And then you'll have maybe, I don't know, some of these like tens of thousands of illegal aliens coming over on their damn scooters or riding the metros and carrying it back in and selling it on the street. It'll get really ugly really, really fast. So this is a powerful technique. And, and that's why I said boycott New York. Like, let them know. New York does not, it's, it's almost an antiquated concept at this point to live in a large city like that. There's no real reason for it. We have the ability that I can right now talk to you wherever you are. And we're doing it live to 2,200 people right at this moment from all over the country. Some of you are all the way on the West Coast, some all the way on the East Coast. We can do it live right now from my little place in Central Texas. And we're kind of in the boonies. Like my town has 7,000 people in it. And here you are listening. Or maybe you're driving and maybe you downloaded this podcast. So, why do we need a New York City when we can congregate in this way? Do we still need to have neighbors? Of course. Do we need to have 10 million neighbors, 12 million neighbors? Is there really anything that that New York City is producing at a level that it makes any sense for it to continue to exist? This might be a real humbling experience for some of these big cities, especially if they want to start going after and subjugating rule of law for political purposes and to debase our Christian values in this country, which they are Christian values, whether you like it or not. You don't have to be Christian to know that you have Christian values. You know how you do that? This is really fun. I will encourage you to all do this. Whenever you talk to your uh, neighbors, colleagues, somebody who's uh, you know spiritual but not religious, doesn't believe in Christianity, maybe, maybe they're an atheist. Ask them what they think is good. Find out what they think is good. And you'll find out that you have almost all the same values. P- treat people well, fairness, good outcomes for folks, compassion, kindness, etc. Almost all of these are universal. I've talked to people that are leftists in Canada that are basically on the socio, you know, on the socialist kind of train, and all of these things come from the same place. Like why do you think that the poor have value? That's the number one question that I like to ask people. You want to go and protect the people who have little, the marginalized, why? Why do those people have any value? Because historically what we've done as a society of human beings as the, the, the civilization of man has looked and said, people who have nothing are not of value because the gods do not favor them. And Christianity turned that on its head. And it said, blessed are the poor in spirit, and blessed are the meek, and blessed are the people that show restraint, right? All of these beatitudes, all of the things that happened in the, in the, the New Testament gospels, they all turned the course of human history on its head, where people said, if you're poor, you don't matter. The people who are rich and the people who are powerful, the people who are strong, the people who can take, those are the people that matter. Christianity turned it on its head. So if you believe in any of the ideas of socialism, that there is in fact an innate value in human beings, where do you think that came from? And let them answer. Socratic method is best. You don't have to tell them. You just ask them. Why do you think the poor, the weak, the marginalized, the mentally ill, the sick, why are those people of value? What makes them valuable? And you try to get them to answer that and let them try to answer that without an explanation that they have a spark of divinity and that they are a, a piece of, of, of the divine and that they represent their creator and that they were created in the image and likeness of God. Let somebody try to do that because it is a really fun pretzel to watch somebody twist themselves into. That's what I encourage you to do. Socratically, you don't have to tell people. You have to ask people questions. And that's a really good one because it's almost impossible to answer. They don't even know why they believe it. Even even my my father-in-law, who who is uh, like an avowed leftist, comes out of New York City, has all the ideas. Number one, he knows a garbage strike is bad. He's told me about the garbage strikes he's lived through. I've heard it over and over again. And another thing is, he thinks that that people who are poor and impoverished and everything else, they have incredible value. Why? Why does he think that? Why did Karl Marx think that the proletariat were a value? It's only built on 
that backbone. You can't get there without Christianity, I promise you. The Judeo-Christian tradition is why anybody thinks that. Prove me wrong. I'm open to it. The comments are open. You guys know how to find the comments. Go to rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin. You can also send me your, your interesting thoughts. If you have uh, some disagreements with there, you can go to kyleserafin.com. We have an open contact thing. Knock yourself out. Don't mind. I don't mind. You don't mind. We've got uh, some other sort of uh, instances showing decay. And this is a couple other little pieces here. First of all, let's show a silent movie. This is a silent movie of New York City. This is how I know things used to be better there. Just look at the people. What you're seeing on the screen right now is a uh, colorized version of a film crew set up and took just some video from 1930s New York City. You see this? Men in suits and hats, ties, women in dresses and bonnets walking. Yep, people are going to work. They're going about their business. It's a busy city. The men who are even in the blue collar professions, uh, what does he got? Some slacks on and a belt and a tucked in you know, uh, t-shirt. Even that guy looks more cleaned up. Why? Because there's pride in appearance, because there's standards in society, because you have to be a certain way to be out in public. You don't, you wouldn't imagine anybody getting on, going to an airport, which of course they didn't have the same sort of access to it, but imagine going in and trying to walk around in your pajamas and your Crocs in that society. They'd look at you like an alien. How important is it that we've let those standards fall? You walk out into public. So one of the ways that we do that is you, you keep yourself accountable what's right. And you just see people are orderly and moving in a way, I don't know, something about seeing that. And then we think we're so much more modern. We're so much more advanced. Are we though? Have we really gotten anywhere that like, would you trade places with those people for what's going on? No, I don't know that I would. I don't know that I'd want to, tr um, I don't know that they would want to come and trade into my spot. We have all these conveniences. Yeah. And, uh, and EH Cal just called it out in the chat too, which is the thing my wife and I saw. Nobody is fat. Nobody is massively overweight. There's no morbidly obese people. They're moving and they look safer. They had better food. You know, just because we're modern doesn't mean it got better. And uh, so hopefully we make a backswing. A lot of it's going to come down to understanding. And I bet you those people all sort of understood that if you had done that thing in that New York church that we just saw at the beginning of the show, that would not have flown. There would have been torches and pitchforks. Whether that's right or wrong, I just can't fathom that anybody would want to get involved in that. Um, meanwhile, New York City's police department is sort of ridiculous. This is just an audio clip only, so you're going to hear, uh, if you're missing it, what you're seeing is the New York Police Department dance team. You want to talk about uh, a really fit group of people. This is sort of nauseating. This is the priorities when you forgot what your actual job is, and then you have this organization. Meanwhile, they're bringing in illegals at a, at a pretty alarming clip. So let's check this out. Here we go. semi-synchronized, thick-ish, medium-athletic TikTok video shit. I guess that's what you're doing if you're not responding to calls and you don't want to have men do the job that men have to do, which is potentially mete out violence against those who break the social contract. Anyway, uh, that's not a joke. Some of you saw it out there and thought it might have been. It is not a joke. This is, a, this is the state of affairs. That's how far New York City has fallen. I don't know. Something about the contrast of people walking every day in 1930s and then walking or dancing in that room studio. Like, that's what the New York Police Department looks like today. That's what 
they're trying to advertise, you could be part of that. Express yourself in this disgusting way. Anyhow, how long can New York City uh, handle this? I, th- I know my buddy Dan Bongino always talks about, uh, it's not bad enough yet. It might not be, but I'll tell you what, if they stop delivering food, if they stop delivering goods, if they stop delivering all the things that makes New York City work, they will immediately understand a little bit about self-reliance. They'll immediately understand how bad things can get. And uh, we might see a little turnaround there. That wouldn't be bad. And in the meantime, uh, if they haven't already, if you're in New York, here it is. Four Patriots. While the trucks are still running, you better go check them out. Fourpatriots.com slash Kyle. You never know when there might be a shortage. There might be a natural disaster. There might be a regional disaster. There might be a trucking boycott in your city because your politicians are garbage. You can go to Four Patriots, the number four patriots.com, and that allows you to prepare for God knows what's coming because we don't know. Only God does know what's coming at us. Right? That's how that works. Go to fourpatriots.com slash Kyle. That's the promo code. You can get yourself stocked up for a 72-hour emergency or a month-long emergency or a six-month or a one-year. Yeah, stockpile some calories. Figure out whatever your contingency plan is because you don't want to be the person that's out there in the garbage strike trying to figure it out. Even worse, how about you're the person that goes in and the bodegas are all closed? What does Joe Biden call them? The bodegas? (laughs) Yeah. Imagine going to your corner store and there's no food anymore. And that's what you had. You have whatever fits in your tiny little apartment. These are compact. They're easy to to transport. They store for up to 25 years. There you go. This is the one that I'm holding on to that's just kind of sitting here. It's packed up and sealed. It's easy to move around. It's dry. All you need is water. So get yourself that option. At least in New York, has it's it's an island, so it has access to water, even if it's ugly water. You can still purify it. Folks, um, don't take it for granted. Our modern society is built on a lot of magical little gremlins. If you don't know what they look like, the magical gremlins look like grown men driving trucks and grown men turning wrenches and grown men um, picking up your garbage and making sure that it doesn't fill your streets. That uh, that thing I showed you from 1981, and there's another one in the 70s. There was another one in 2011, actually, where doormen up on the, uh, I think the Upper East Side refused to allow basically taking out the trash. They were just filling it up, and none of the none of the trash guys wanted to pick up. The, the sanitation workers refused to, to cross the strike lines. So they just let buildings build up with garbage. And the tenants were like, yay. And they're into it right up until the point where they're like, whoa, there's a lot of garbage. We generate a lot of trash. And our trash room is now full. And our garbage chute is backed all the way up to the 14th floor. Gets really, really real really fast when all the modern conveniences disappear on you. So uh, make sure you guys are, make sure you're aware. This is not built on nothing. There's a couple more things I wanted to touch on. Uh, most specifically, let's do this. I don't... Uh, we talk about building things on lies. I've got a funny video of Bill Maher. We, we covered down on the, the shooting in Kansas City the other day. Here's Bill Maher confused because he doesn't know how it works. And of all people, Ann Coulter telling the truth, you know, I, I don't love Ann Coulter, but I don't dislike her. Uh, I do love the, the kind of huevos to go out there in the world and just be like, check it out. This is the truth. Take it or leave it on a, on a leftist sort of outlet. I don't know why we can't just accept basic truths. Here you go. There's a little taste. I mean, we don't know who did this shooting, by the way. The, the, the Super Bowl shooting. We have we, some idea. What? If it were a white man shooting, we'd know. Well, we don't know. But they, I mean, they That's haven't re- how we know it's not a white man. I can tell you that much. But you think they were, they were repressing that reporting? They wouldn't tell us about the um, transgender woman that shot up the Christian school for what, like a year? Um, oh, San Bernardino out here. Remember the crazy terrorist Muslims? I, that's when I first noticed, hmm, they're not telling us who it is. It's not a white male. The longer... We don't have to go to the whole clip to know that this is the New York Times reporting two teens. Just, you know, it's the it's the classic two Utes. Yeah, no further description. Uh, the no description tells us so much more. But 
You know, I think one, and culture knows it and you know it and truckers know it. Like everyday regular people know they're being lied to and they're not going to accept it. And if that results in the the uh, vaunted New York Times not being able to, to function anymore because they no longer have paper because nobody wants to go and deliver the paper because New York City is a cesspool, it will get worse really, really fast. Uh, all interesting, and it makes me wonder if all the sort of division is by design. It always sort of seems to be. How about this? Last little piece that I'll leave you with today on a Monday. This is coming from a pretty serious think tank, the Center for Security Policy. And it says uh, Putin's candidate in the United States presidential election. It's Joe Biden. You're seeing a picture of him right there. Uh, Biden stated harmful and erroneous positions is less dangerous for Putin than Trump's unpredictable policies. Interesting. Isn't that something? This was written on February 16th, so just coming in from last week. Uh, obviously, we talked about and reported that uh, that he prefers a Joe Biden presidency. Why? Because Joe Biden is of the old school. He's of the status quo. And he also potentially prefers a Joe Biden because Joe Biden is constantly undermining the capabilities of America. They're they're out there vaunting. They're doing the double speak, and they're they're doing things that are that are objectively bad for most people. It's the division. It's the inflation. <laughs> it's the division of the people to be able to get together and agree on simple basic facts. And the and it's the uh, the the def, you know the deflation of your buying power, which is the inflation of our currency, meaning that it's worth far less. All this stuff is kind of interesting. And and Vladimir Putin puts it in a very nice way. He said he's a more experienced person. He's predictable. He's a politician of the old formation. You know how how often do we hear that somebody comes in, they want to be a transformative and reform and do all this kind of uh, you know change Congress, change the politics. Amusingly, Joe Biden kind of saw himself as an FDR. I think FDR is the closest thing, as we talked about not too long ago. FDR is the closest thing to a king that America ever had to deal with. A, a true, a true mold-breaking potential despot. Someone who took over areas that had no business of the federal government growing into and who literally spent four terms. And the only reason why he didn't serve his fourth term is because he died in office. You know, the concern of, of Trump being the dictator that that never gives up power. We, we already saw that in this country, it turns out. And it wasn't a Republican. It was a Democrat. It was a Democrat that loved the idea of a of this, this new deal, which you're now hearing rumblings of again from the AOC types. Isn't that something quite interesting? Isn't it interesting that Biden kind of wants to be, aspires to be probably the most despotic and one of the least American sort of presidents you could have. Somebody who chose to basically say George Washington's example was not good enough for me. I'm going to just stick around because I'm so important. In any case, uh, I just saw this in the chat, Escape from New York. Yes, go watch Escape from New York if you guys want to go see it. Snake Plissken had the right idea. New York is not a good place. What's funny is all those dystopian movies from the 80s, they always showed that the evil were the conservative you know, right-wing, lunatic, fascist Christians. Isn't it funny who's being persecuted today? It's so easy to see when you get out there and look at it. Um, <laughs> it's it's not even close how ugly it is. All right, I want to say uh, one more little little ad read here for my buddy over at Garrett O'Boyle at the uh, at the Suspendable Sweatshop who joined the uh, Sarah Fam chat. If you guys want to do that on Sunday nights, you can always join us on Twitter. If you don't have a Twitter account, you should do it. You get on our space and you can support Garrett who was speaking last night, the dash suspendables with an S on the end of it, the 
suspendables.com. That is the O'Boyle Family Sweatshop. It is the Suspendables merch shop. You can get all your uh, shirts like this, which is the last line strength. I have to stand up. This is a red on red. It's a good day for rage on this Monday, this uh, federal holiday that we don't believe in taking because we all have to get to work. You can use promo code Kyle at the-suspendables.com. You'll save 10%. You can find my favorite shirt like this one over here that you're seeing on the screen, which is the last line substack emblem, the AR-15. The pen is mightier than the sword, except when the uh, the sword is mightier than the pen. A interesting little thought at this time in our lives because, man, I really hope we can continue to do words and boycotts and not have to pick up arms. That's the preferred way of doing it. It would be nice if the, the people in New York City and particularly the political elites would learn to heal using economic terms instead of having to use kinetic means, as we might say in the military world. Don't want to see any of that. I do want to see it done peacefully. And there's nothing more peaceful than just saying, hey, we're just turning off the spigot. Enjoy nothing until you fix yourself and stop going after this guy. Let him have a fair election, for God's sake. It's That's the most American thing we could do. In any case, we appreciate all of you joining us today. I appreciate you all. And I want to uh, say one of our five-star views, which I've got right here. Boom. How about this one from Atticus K? Kyle's a Catholic badass. Is that true? I don't even know if that's true. It's a nice statement, though. I love the show. Five stars. Uh, you know Kyle ranks just a little lower than the Pope when he's named after one of the nine choirs of angels. But he ain't no choir boy. Hard-hitting, witty. Truth Bombardier. I actually might add Truth Bombardier to my bio. I really enjoy that. I really appreciate your five-star reviews. Guys, you can leave your own five-star review on Apple. If you go onto the link below, you simply click through it. Even if you're used to doing the video podcast, leave me one on uh, on Apple if you have an iPhone, and I would appreciate it, and I will read it. And if you make it interesting and funny and witty and clever, or uh, maybe even just mind-altering, like the idea of a truth bombardier, then I will even add it to my bio. We do appreciate all of you guys and your support. We're up to 920. We are closing in on the 1,000 mark. We'll have to do something special for the person who gets the 1,000. So be that person and leave us a five-star review. Thanks so much for joining us today for the Kyle Serafin Show. I will look forward to seeing you guys tomorrow on a non-holiday on, uh, what is it, 220. Until then, go out there and meet your neighbors. Let them know who you are. Let them know and uh, don't tell them where your food is, but uh, encourage them. Stock up, get prepared, don't get crazy, because it's crazy enough out there already. God bless you guys. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to the Kyle Serafin Show, streamed live weekdays on rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin. Follow Kyle on Twitter, Truth Social, and Instagram at Kyle Serafin.